Welcome to Royal Grace Chapel, the empowerment center where faith comes alive through inspiring messages and teachings. At Royal Grace Chapel, our mission is to empower you to connect with God in worship, relationship with other believers, and enable you to fulfill your purpose for global impact. We believe in the power of transformation through the Word of God, and that's exactly what you'll experience as you journey with us through our plethora of messages. Get ready to be equipped, uplifted, and empowered on your path of faith. Be transformed as you listen to today's empowering message. Yesterday I mentioned that God has settled everything in heaven, but we must settle everything on earth. I believe you understood that very well yesterday. Forever, O oh God, thy word is what? Settled. Where? Not here. It is your faith that makes you settle things on earth. So today we will discuss faith for dominion. Somebody say faith for dominion. Say it very well. See? That is it. That is it. So Satan's major assignment is to make sure that you, just like I said yesterday, the major assignment of Satan is to make sure that you do not take action because he knows that action is the seed of results. Action is the seed of results. Anywhere you see result, result is just a fruit of something that has happened behind closed door. So when the devil, devil does not attack trees. For him, it's a waste of resources, waste of time. Devil does not attack forests because to him, it's a waste of resources, waste of time. So if you notice a strategy, when Moses was to be born, he got an idea that a deliverer was going to be born. He went to destroy, he wanted to destroy the seed when the boy was small so that the boy will not become the champion of the world. The same thing when Jesus was to be born, Herod went to destroy the seed just to make sure Jesus Christ was not born. Unfortunately for him, in those two occasions, he missed it. Praise God. When Jacob was to be born, he made sure Jacob's name was turned to 419 so that he would not meet out to become Israel. But eventually he failed. So you see, if you check throughout the devil's strategy, he wants to destroy when you are small. When the prophecy came over David that David was going to be king, he tried to destroy David even with the king called Saul. But he failed. So can I prophesy over you that every plan of the devil in your life, he will fail. Amen. But you, that doesn't mean that the devil does not know. As small as some of us are, you don't know that you are very important in the eyes of the devil. That's why you wake up sometimes, you feel discouraged, you feel as if, oh, what is happening? Because the devil knows that you are a powerful person. And some of you will be crying. Instead of you to stand up and say, so I'm that powerful. Oh, you don't understand. The Bible says the thief cometh not, but to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the truth is, it is because you have something. That is why the thief came. You don't understand. A thief does not have any business with a poor person. Have you seen? I know a joke of one time they said a thief went to someone's house and said, your money or your life. The man said, anything you want to collect, collect. They went into the kitchen. Check, nothing. nothing. If I want the thief was going, now give them money. So, sorry that we came here. The, 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 the worst place for a thief to go is a poor man's house. 
they always regret it. What is the use of entering there? So every time you see the devil attack you, just know that you're actually a powerful person. It's only you that don't recognize it. The devil himself, am I making any sense here? The devil himself recognizes it. So instead of crying, I mean, instead of crying, just have this mentality that, wow, wow. You know, the normal thing everyone wants to do is to cry. Hey, why is my own like this? Why am I here? Why is this thing not happening? Story, story, story. The truth about it is that you are powerful. That is why he came. If you see that no thief is coming around you, you don't, you, in fact, you poor pass poor. Yeah. So somebody says that sticks and stones are only thrown to trees that has fruit. That's the truth. When a tree is buried, do you see you, what, you, what you want to throw? This? It's because the fruits are showing. That's why they throw. So sometimes if the tree says, no, don't stone me, it's because you don't have fruit. So you must make up your mind to understand that you are powerful. And the devil wants to kill your actions so that you don't get your results. In the name of Jesus, you will not lose your reward. Alright. Numbers 13. That's where we'll read from today. Numbers 13 verse 30. Numbers 13 verse 30. It's going to be a long read. I'm going to read from Numbers 13 30 to 14 10. Numbers 13 30. Alright. Let's read. I'll read and you just listen. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess, for we are well able to overcome. But the men that went up with him said, We are... Wow, it's not showing. I don't know. Be not, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than us. Go ahead. And they bought up the evil report of the land which they searched into the children of God, saying, the land through which we go forth is a land that is... Okay, let me just explain the story. The story is when Egypt, when the Israelites left Egypt, praise God, when they left Egypt, they got to um, what they call it, they got to um, the border. And when they got there, they wanted to enter into the land. Then Moses said, please, spies, come. Go and check. He now picked 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel, and said, go and check to spy the land to see if we are able to take over the land. When they came back, two of them came back with negative reports. And, sorry, with positive reports, and 10 came back with negative reports. So it is in this scripture that you now see where 10 of them started saying, we cannot do it oh." We should just go back to Egypt. He said everybody started supporting them. That, ah, Uncle, Joe, Uncle Moses, you would have left us back in Egypt so that we can continue to eat our cucumber there and our vegetables. Then two of them came up. Those two, they called themselves Caleb and who? Joshua. They came up and they said, no, we are well able to take this land. We are well able to take this land. Listen to me and listen very carefully. Those guys were not looking at their stature. 
Because if it's by stature, they were nothing compared to the giants in that land. Just like how many of us, when we see the challenges ahead of us, we begin to see giants. We begin to say, Lord, we cannot do this. Joshua and Caleb said, no, it's not about the giants. It's about who told us to go. So the way it works for many of us Christians is your circumstances should not be the deterrent factor. What should be more important to you is who is telling you to go. So you must come to meetings like this and the only thing you want to ask God for, Lord, give me a matching order. Give me a matching order. Tell me what you want me to do, oh God, and I will take it. Why? Because that is how God works. God works with instructions. You come to a meeting like this, a, a, a sense word can be to your pastor, another one can be to, your, to you, to you, to you. The most important thing you, you must come to recognize is, Lord, show me the matching order. What do you want me to do? Praise the Lord. So, in, in, in taking territories, there are territories in life that God wants you to take. Territories of finances, territories of family, territories of material success, territories of righteousness and living standards, territories of your future partner and your marital partner. But always remember, every time there are territories to take, there is always opposition in that land. How do you deal with that opposition is what we want to discuss today. God has already told us that I have settled you, but the problem is I have settled you in the spirit. It's your duty now by faith to walk in the reality. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4b. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4b, it says, but the just shall live by what? Faith. So if you are of this kingdom, you will take over your territories by faith. That's what he's saying. So if you are a just person, make up your mind that I must live. I must live by faith. If you are a just person, whatever God has spoken to you that you will do, you must make up your mind that, look, it's a principle that has been written in the Bible already. So stop deceiving yourself. The Bible says, yes, we have done all these things, but the just shall live by what? Faith. That means your daily life is a life of faith. You want to get your, your needs met. You want to get husband. You want to get wife. You want to get things done. He said, if you are a just person, the way you live on this earth is by faith. If you live outside faith, you may never enjoy the grace of God that is available for you. Praise God. So, in Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible speaks that blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us. Not who will bless us. Who has what? Blessed us. You're already blessed. But the question will be, as God has blessed you, are you already entering into that thing God has blessed you in? So to God, in the spiritual world, he has settled your matter. Heaven does not have yesterday. Heaven does not have today. Heaven does not have tomorrow. Everything in heaven is today. So that's why God cannot be shocked by you. That when you do a thing, that's why you notice when God came into the garden, <laughs> many of us would have been saying, Ah, God, were you surprised? He wasn't surprised that they fell because He knows everything. But what He did was that He gave man the power to make a choice. And because they chose what they wanted to do, that's why He wasn't shocked. And the Bible says, The lamb was slain from the what? From the foundation of the earth. So God did not wait for them to fail. Before he slain the lamb. Do you understand? 
they had already he had already slain the lamb he has already made a backup plan that was why when they failed and god showed up god said ah, i wish you people did not fail because there's another plan if you did not fail but now that you have failed i'll, I'll slay the lamb on your behalf and that's why we are here today so the term called faith is based on the premise of the earth in other words, in heaven, there is no need for faith. Why? You already have everything. Am I making sense here? There, there is no yesterday. The Bible says a thousand years is like a day in the eyes of the Lord. So in the land called heaven, there is no need for faith. There is no need for faith. When you enter, you will be known as you are known. That's what scripture says. There will be no shock. Everybody will just know themselves. As they are looking at us from heaven, they know everything. But in this place, you need faith to live. And why do you need faith? Because you don't know tomorrow. Am I making sense? The minute you know tomorrow, trust me, you will not be believing God for any other thing. Am I making sense here? Because you will be in control of tomorrow. But because we don't know tomorrow, we are, we are already captured in time. You need to trust someone who knows tomorrow someone who has the capacity for tomorrow, you need to trust that person. And who is that person? Our Lord. So since faith, since we live by faith in time, we must understand that faith is a must. You must, look, if you are a Christian and you are not living, you heard my story yesterday. All those things that I did, they were acts of faith. I didn't know what will happen. I just stood by it and I began to walk. And guess what? That is the way I got my second car. That is the way I got my own house and they get, what they call it, the church. You just trust him based on what he has said. So, since we said we live by faith, can we discuss the issue of faith? Do you understand? Open your Bibles to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 verse 1. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance. Can we say together, I want to go. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's go straight and let's read it from Amplified. I don't know if you have Amplified. Do my people have Amplified in the recording room? Amplified. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Look at it. It said, now faith is the what? Assurance. The confirmation. The what? Title deed. Somebody say title deed. Of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see, and the convictions of their reality. Come on now. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to the senses. If you listen to this very well, you will now know that faith is not what many of us call faith. Some of us think faith is just mental accent. No. If you read that scripture very well, you will see that the best way to explain it to you is that word, title deed. What is a title deed? 
A title deed is a written document that confers authority of a property to you. A title deed is like what you call, how many of you have heard the word C of O before? C of O is a title deed. Certificate of occupancy, certificate of all those certificate or document that they give to you that shows that you are the owner of a land is what we call title deed. Now, look at what they are saying. They said faith, eh, man of God, they said faith is the title deed of the things that we hope for. Now, listen very carefully. He said faith is the title deed. Title deed is a document. So, when you say you have faith, they gave you a document of something that is not yet your own in the physical but that title deed has made it your own in the, in, the, in the invisible world. So, you can actually have the document of a paper and you are not on the land. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. But because you are not on the land, does not mean you are not the owner of the land. In fact, somebody else can be on that land. At least, you, you people know that land. They are always everywhere. Like, mechanics are always on those kind of land. Mechanics are always on this land. People that sell markets, they're always on this kind of land. Now, because they are the ones that are occupying the land does not mean they are the owners of the land. The difference is that one person owns the land, one person possesses the land. Do you understand? So this is the way it works. Faith now makes you a possessor and a owner at the same time. But if you do not understand that you are the owner, you will not have the courage to want to... Am I making sense here? That's the problem many of us have. God has spoken to you that you are the owner of the land. And God now gave you faith. Faith is that document that is written. Titled it like certificate of occupancy. The minute you have that certificate, let the mechanic be 1,000 on that land. It doesn't concern you. What concerns you is that the day I have enough money to now build, what do you do? You go there and tell them out. What do they say? Ogasa, we are going. If they want to fight you, what do you do? You show them what? Your documents. In the spirit world, it's the same thing. Many of you, the blessings are already in your land. Do you understand? Your marital destiny is already settled. Your children are already settled. They are giving you those things. But this is the problem. In that land of your inheritance, your promotion, your children, your financial increase, devils are sitting there like mechanics. Oh, I wish somebody understand. They are sitting there now. They are doing tire in your own land. So what Bible is saying is that the way those people take certificate of occupancy and go there and say, go out of my land. I want to build. That is the way you take faith. And go and meet the devil. Go out of my family. I want peace. Go out of my wife's womb. I want children. Go out of my office. I want promotion. Go out. And the only reason is because when you have faith, you are telling him, I am the owner and I want to now possess. I wish somebody understands. So, faith makes you the owner and faith makes you the possessor. So there are many of us who are Christians. We are only owners, but we are not possessors. So how do you possess? You will now understand that faith is actually action. 
Because you can't say, eh, I'm the owner of that land, though, Lagbaja, I'm the owner of that land, though, blah, blah, blah. Everybody will be looking at you. The only way you can become an owner and a possessor is to take action and go to that land. If fact, some people, if the, if the uh, what's their name? Um, if the mechanics are stubborn, what do they do? They'll carry Mopo. Am I correct? They'll carry Mopo. To go there and beat them silly. Many of you need spiritual Mopo. Oh, some people don't understand. Some of you need spiritual Koboko. Because there are stubborn mechanics in the spirit world. Demonic mechanics that are infringing your land. So you need to go there with some every Koboko. What is your Koboko? Your words. Scripture says in Ephesians, and take the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. In the spirit world, look, in the physical, it looks as if we are just talking. But the Bible said in the spirit world, this thing we are saying, eh? they are guns, they are cutlass, they are bazooka. As you are saying, labels, kakali, and labolo, shekebe. They are just beating themselves. They are saying, oh, you don't understand. They are running away from your thing. So, when you keep your mouth quiet in the place of prayer, you are destroying your destiny. That's why I love this church. If you are in this church and you are not a prayer person, you are just a waste of time. I love the way you fire prayer here. Prayer is not just talking. Prayer is talking to spiritual beings. And they listen to you because you are talking from a place of an owner. Can you imagine that you don't have the C, C of O? And you now go and meet uh, the mechanic, leave. Woman, no, we know the owner. That's what they will say. Am I correct? We know the owner. Man of God, that's the scriptures. Seven sons of Skepha, they went into a house and they told the demon possessed man, in the name of Jesus, get out. They didn't have the ownership of the authority of Jesus. They wanted to cast out demons. The demon now said, Hello, you are not the owner of that name. You cannot be the possessor. Oh, I wish somebody understand. Some of you, the reason why you have not moved is that you don't even have an understanding of ownership. So, to be honest, to start the journey of um, possession, you must first be what? An owner. So, in the spirit world, how do you become an owner? That is where the issue of faith starts. So, you cannot act in faith if you have not heard the word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Is somebody getting blessed here? What does it say? It said, so therefore, faith comes by what? Title deed comes by what? And hearing by the what? So you cannot exercise faith if you don't have a hearing. What has God told you concerning that situation? If you go and fight a battle like the sons of Skifa, it's like going to the mechanic's place and you don't have your document in your hand. They will laugh at you. They will beat you. And that's what many of us have been facing. Concerning our marriage, concerning our business, concerning our health, there is no title deed. There is no information from heaven. There is no revelation God has given you. You don't have anywhere where you can say, devil, this is what God said about me. I was sleeping in the night and God showed me, move to Abuja. And God showed me, move to Kanyenagwa. And God showed me, this is my wife. If you don't have any revelation, whether through dreams, 
through the word of God, through prayers, through visions, through prophetic utterance by the pastor, don't walk in faith that we beat you in the spirit. Oh. So faith is not just acting, oh. it's acting based on what God has told you. Kabbalish Kadayabalash. So what is the most important thing in faith? Is to go and get the spiritual title deed. That's the most important thing in faith. Go and get that. Leave the issue of whether you want to take the, the mechanics out. That is not the issue. Because it's a waste of time to appear in that land without a title deed. Am I correct? What you should be more interested in is to go to local government in Ikeja. Go to local government in Victoria Island and say, please, give me a word. <laughs> I don't know if somebody understand what I'm trying to say. Go there and tell them, governor, give me governor's consent. Governor, give me a paper. Give me a title deed. I want to go to that land now. If you don't get that power from the government, you can't go to that land and evacuate those people. So in the spiritual, many of us have gone to the land and we don't have the governor's consent. So what you should be looking for more when you want to act in faith to take your territories is to ask God, what are you saying? Give me your governor's consent. How do you get the governor's consent? In the place of prayer. In the place of prophetic meetings like this. You are there, you are writing, Lord, speak to me, speak to me. The minute you get it, you just rise up and begin to look for the mechanic land. Ah, I hope somebody is getting me today. So the most important thing when you want to take your territories and your dominion and you want to transcend limits in this life is to what? Get a word from God. Get a word from God. So the question will be, what has God told you? Whether through the Logos or through Rema. Until that is settled, do not try exercising faith. Anything you exercise outside this con governor's consent, anything you exercise outside this title deed is fake, not faith. So faith is based on a promise. Before you act in faith, you must have that promise from the governor. You must have that promise from God. Genesis chapter 12. Let's read. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. I want you to look at this very carefully. You will laugh. This story is about Abraham. But you know something? I don't want us to start from here. Go to the last verse of verse 11. Can you go to the last verse of verse 11? Oh, I wish these people are listening. Are you listening? Are you blessed? Listen very carefully. Take something home and go and charge yourself up for what God has destined for you in the city. Look at it. The Bible says, go to 31. Go to 31. And Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Aaron, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife. And they went forth with them from all up Chaldeans to go into the land of where? Cana. And they came to Aaron and they did what? Calm down, everybody. Did you see what I saw there? Look at the last line. He said, to go to where? The land of where? Who was going to the land of Cana? 
Terah, the father of who? So the first person that wanted to go to the land of Cana was who? Terah. So the land of Cana did not start with Abraham. Because everything we hear about Abraham is that God called him in chapter 12 and said, come, let's go to the land of Cana. But I want you to take note of one simple thing here that I've been trying to say. Abraham's father woke up one morning and decided to go to where? Canaan. Canaan. But when he got to Aran, what did he do? Come on now. So he was not the first, Abraham was not the first person to say, I want to go and take Canaan. His father wanted to go. But you see, the problem with going without instruction is that everywhere we look like the place. Because God did not send him, because he did not get the title deed, because he did not get the governor's consent, that was why he did not get to the physical land. Now go to chapter 12 and hear and see the change. So the Bible now says, now, somebody say now. Because God saw that terror, Olodonia now, why did you do this? Before you take action, ask me. So when he got to Abraham, look at what God now said. The Lord said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country, from out of thy kindred, from out of your father's house, unto a land that I will do what? Go to the next verse. And I will make you a great nation and will bless you and make thy name great and thou shall be what? Is somebody getting something? Do you notice that Terah did not go to meet the governor to collect governor's consent and he wanted to go and drive out the mechanic? Oh my God, you don't understand. Because he did not go to collect a word to go and drive out the mechanic, what happened? The mechanic drove him out. But what did Abraham do? Abraham went straight to the governor and said, sir, give me a consent. I want to go to Cana. And God said, I will not only give you a consent, I will bless you in that land. So what is the most important thing in faith? Go and get a word. Go and get a word. Because Abraham got a word, everything began to work for him going forward. But it doesn't even mean that things did not challenge him. If you check very well, there were a lot of challenges. But because he got a word, he still continued to walk in that word that was given to him by God. So in simple terms, faith cannot come if you have not heard. Faith can never, anything you do outside hearing from God is not faith. We have been deceiving you since. Everything you do outside hearing from God is not faith. However, hearing is just the beginning of faith, not the ending. Because that, even that one of hearing God is difficult on its own. It's difficult. But it is not even the ending of the matter. It's just the beginning of the journey. So in reality, you will notice that you trust what you see more than what you hear. Have you heard the word they say, pictures speak louder than, pictures speak a thousand words. Have you heard that thing before? Good. So, it is not just about hearing 
Because we've settled it that you need governor's consent. We settled it that you need title deed. We settled it that you need C of O. Am I correct? But that is just the beginning of the journey. So the truth about life is this. By default, human beings, we believe in what we see more than what we hear. Am I correct? Yes, the Bible says in Habakkuk, chapter 2, chapter 1, rather, is it chapter, let me check in the scriptures. Open your Bibles to Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, I will stand upon my watch. It said, I will set my feet upon what? The rampant. It said, I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am approached. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? I will stand upon my watch. I will set my feet upon the rampant. I will watch to see. That's the word I want you to take. I will watch to see what he will do what? How do you say that? Does that look like a serious statement? I will watch to see what you will say. Do you see what people say? Or you hear what people say? When I speak to you, are you seeing my words or you are hearing my words? So that means God is trying to convey something to us. When human beings speak, you hear. When God speaks, you see. Do you know why God wants you to see? Because he knows that it's only when you see that you will generate energy to act. Because people act on what they see more than what they hear. Am I correct or not? So God is interested in you seeing because he knows when you have seen, you will have more courage to take... Okay, let me explain. Assuming, my brother, you got a phone call from a man, your uncle... And your uncle say, what's your name? Rookie. Your uncle say, Rookie, I will give you one million dollars. Will you be happy? Will you be happy, any of you? Because one million dollars is almost like one billion naira. Am I correct? Ah, if some of you see one billion naira, you'll just faint straight. So your uncle calls you and say, Rookie, I've just been thinking about you. Um, I'll give you one million dollars. You will be happy. But your happiness will not be too strong because who is this uh, uncle? Maybe it's just one uncle that, does, that is even struggling to eat himself. Yeah, maybe he wants to play prank. But you see, we can change that story and say that that uncle calls you and says to you, Rookie, I want to give you a million dollars. That uncle's name is Bill Gates. Has something changed? You are not only hearing the voice, you can now picture the person that is talking. So because you can now picture the person that is talking, your faith is stronger than when you heard. Am I making sense? So the person is not only promising me one billion. The person that is promising one billion has the capacity of one billion. Now, let's take it a bit further. The person that promised you one billion is not only your brother, but his name is called Bill Gates. 
And it's not only your brother who is called Bill Gates. He has the character of E.A. Adeboye. You don't get what I'm trying to say. So the person does not only have the capacity, he also has the willingness to do it. The integrity to back it up. Do you see how your faith has increased? The first one, you only heard, and you just felt, mm, who is even talking? Until you had a picture of the person, you now have the integrity of the person. Do you know what happens to you immediately? It's not happiness again. It has now turned to action. Because you know the person has the capacity, and the person has the willingness and interest to do it. What do you now begin to do? Even though you don't have the one million in your hand, what will you do? You'll be planning. Come on, somebody understand what I'm trying to say. Because you already know the money will come anyway. So the minute you pick the call, you just say, hello, uh, is that uh, Koscharis? Please deliver to, to uh, BMW, brand new deal. I mean, Koscharis will say, um, sir, uh, say, bring it, let me see it. Do you see your confidence has changed? You will call, um, is that um, Lucky Gardens in this thing? How many houses do you have? They say that, that, that. Please, can you send me the document of the house on Admiralty Way? I want to take that one. How much is it? 200 million. Send it to me. I have 900 million. But look at the secret. Do you truly have 900 million in your hand? But why do you believe you have 900 million? Because of the person that is talking about it to you. He has the capacity and he has what? The integrity. On this earth, you most likely will not find people like that. But I know one man who has both the integrity and the capacity to bless any one of us. Who is that person? Our God. So that is where the problem is. Do you really believe what you just said? Many of you believe more in Dangote, Bill Gates, Baba Deboye, and the God that you say is your God that you come here to serve. Many of you don't trust him. Is God powerful? Does he have the capacity? Does he have the integrity? So why will he tell you a thing and you will not start taking that action that you are talking about? Let me tell you the secret. You have not truly heard him. If you hear him, you will begin to take those actions. That is when everybody around you who have not heard him will begin to tell you something is wrong with you. Did you see it in my story yesterday? Everybody around, every action I was taking, people were saying, are you stupid? It's because I got a title deed from him. That is what encouraged me to take that step, to go and price that car that I don't have money for. Because the title deed already came inside of me, I was preaching in school and telling them I was going to buy a car, car that I did not have. Where did I get it? In the place of prophetic word from my pastor. It entered my spirit and I began to speak it. Let me tell you one secret. The minute you believe in what God told you, your words will change. I wish somebody understand what we are saying here. Are you ready to take over your land? Are you ready to look? Man of God, hope they have this thing in. Buy this CD. Go and listen to it. This is where my life changed. You don't need to have everything before you have everything. You only need a word from God. Somebody say, I hear you. I hear you. 
So how do you spend what you have not handled? It's true words. That's what my sister said. What you don't have, how do you spend it? It's true words. Because Charlie sent me two cars. Lucky Garden sent me one house. You don't have the money, but the people who spoke to you, the person who spoke to you is so trusted that you know he will do it. So I remember as my pastor prayed for me, for us, something better in our hearts, how I bought my second car. So one day we just said, my first Jeep, rather, not my second car, my first Jeep. So one day, my pastor just got a car. We bought a car for our pastor. And he, he, when we were giving it to him, he now said he wants to pray for all of us. So he prayed, 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 prayed for everybody. We were all excited. So when we finished prayers, all of us went into our office. And this was many years ago, 2007. We went into our office. So we got to our office. We started printing the picture of what we wanted. There is something I will teach you here. Whatever you want, look for the picture on the internet. Paste it on your wall. They call it vision board. What you see long enough will enter your heart. Whatever enters your heart has entered your life. It's just a matter of time. It will show. Oh, gosh. Is that not why God said, if you look at a woman lustfully in your heart, not in your reward, in your heart, he said you have already committed what? Adultery. You have committed. Because that is where the real thing happens. The problem with many of us is that we don't believe in what we have in our hearts. As a man thinks in his heart, that is the real man. So many of you, we are just settled with all this. Oh, look at me, pastor. You don't even understand. I don't want to understand. Go and find the real you. The real you is hiding inside these cloths. So that was how we prayed. All of us started printing. Me, I was one of the junior pastors then in 2006, 2007. I printed a Jeep. While everybody was printing simple car, my own close friend printed a saloon car. Me, I went to print a Jeep. The day I put it on my wall, my friend saw it. His name is Pastor Bolu. He said, Kilon Shiegon, why are you always over, overshooting yourself? Why do you always... Yeah, I told him, it's by mistake, but I won't change it. I put it on the wall. So every day I see that Jeep, I'll be saying... That, then I used to drive one Ultima, like that small car. So as I was... As we were talking, one day, my friend now said, I want to go and check a car. A member of our church in Daystar used to sell cars. So Pastor Bolu had a discussion with him and said, I want to buy a car. So that man now said, please come and check it. The man's office is in Ikoi. So Pastor Bolu wanted to go. He now called me and said, Pastor Godwin, join me. Let's go and check this car. It was a baby boy. I don't know if there's baby boy again now. Honda, you know. Uh -huh. So, it was a baby boy who wanted to go and buy. So, we now went together to Victoria Island, um, like um, Ikoi. When we got to Ikoi, the woman welcomed us, gave us minerals. After we finished drinking, we went to the shop. We started going around. So, Pastor Bolu now saw the car he wanted to buy. Started negotiating with the man. Told the man, how much is the car? The man said, 1.2 million. So, Pastor Bolu was like, oh, won't you take 1 million? As they were discussing, my eyes just spot the jeep. You know that jeep that I pasted on my wall? I just saw it. So I just looked at the man. I said, um, Oga. I just interrupted them. I said, sir, how much is that jeep? The man said, 4.2 million naira. The way Pastor Bolu looked at me, eh, like, is something wrong with you? You have come again. 
yeah, yeah, what's wrong with you? So I just looked at him. We finished talking. I just ignored him. When we finished, I told the man that, how much is the man? I said, 4.2. I said, ah. I said, Pastor, do you like it? I said, ah, I like it, oh, but my pocket doesn't like it. You know, we just <laughs> joked about it, then we left. Interestingly, Pastor Boluda took us there to go and buy a car, did not buy that day because the man did not agree to come down more than 1.2. So when we got into the office, every day for the next one, two, three weeks, I will come, I will be seeing that car. One day I just told Pastor Bolu, I said, look, this man's car is my car. Oh, at a point, he will, be just, he will just ignore me. One day I disturbed him so much, I said, call him and tell him what you want to buy now. So that day I just picked up the phone. I said, hello, sir. He said, yeah, how are you? I said, fine. I said, that car, is it still available? Guess what the guy said? He said, yes, now, pastor. The car is your own now. Come and pay for it and take it. Ah, he told me I had one big money somewhere. So I said, no problem. I said, okay, uh, can we see in the evening? That day was Wednesday. So I said, if you come in the service, can we talk? He said, why not? So in the evening, we now met at the pastor's car park. Then we were now gisting. I said, sir. I'm really interested in the car. The man now said, yes, now, ah, pastor, if you're interested, um, so what, how do you want to pay or whatever? And I now said, ah, I've been thinking of this car. This was like two, three months after I've been thinking of that car. So sometimes many of you, when we say faith, you people think it's today, tomorrow, today, next week. It's a journey. What keeps you going is that picture that you have that makes you act the way as if you have it already. Just stay there. It can be one week. It can be one month, it can be three months, it can be six months. What should not change is your character. Am I making sense here? Even the person we call father of faith, how many years did he wait? How many years did he wait? 25 years. So we are talking and the man now said, okay, pastor, I see that you are very interested in this car. You know what? Um... I'll give you 50%. Pay 2 million naira and come and collect the car. That was how the thing started. I was so excited. But like yesterday, the excitement now ended quickly. Because 2 million kobo, I not get. So I looked at the man and I said, no, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Then I now looked and I now told the man. It was when I was now talking to the man, my wife now started coming to greet me because she just came to church from her office. So she was walking towards me. The interesting thing was that it was when I was telling the man that, sir, can I give you one million naira? When I give you one million naira, let me spread the rest over six months or thereabout. The man now said, no problem, pastor. Pay the one million naira. And that one million naira, I still didn't have. But my wife came close to me and heard me say, one million naira. When I said it, my wife just held my trouser like this and squeezed me because in her mind, where will this one see one million naira? And you know why she said that? Because that money, we just argued. She told me to give her chop money. Whether she asked for 10,000 naira or 20,000, me, I now give her 5,000. So in her mind, what is the correlation? Somebody that I just asked for 20,000, he could not give me 20,000. He's saying I wants to give somebody one million. So when she was turning my trousers, I just eat her hand. I said, Oga, oh we'll give you one million wood. So we now left. My wife now said, what is all that about? I said, ah, that car that I told you about. The man said, we should come and collect it. He gave us 50% discount. He said, we should pay two million. And I asked the man that, can we pay one million? The man said, yes. So that was how the story went. And my wife now said, so where will you see the one million? I said, calm down. Calm down. This is faith work now. So I now asked my wife one question. I said, honey, 
if the time that I promised him to pay, because I told him to give me about three weeks or one month, I forgot it. If the time the man says I should bring the money, and now the man now says, sir, bring the money. And now says, sir, I don't have. I said, will the man arrest me? My wife now said, no. So I said, eh, so how does that concern me? Let's continue. See, let me tell you, no matter what people say, keep your eyes on your governor's consent. Keep your eyes on the title deed. This was the closest person in my life. Almost distracted me. I said, no, you will not distract me. It was in the night when I was praying. God now reminded me that I, because I'm a QS, I had a business with somebody. We've been pursuing that business for months, but we have not gotten it. But we are sure that we will get it. But it was not coming. So I had to call that architect. I said, sir, you know me and you've been working for a while. This, the Holy Spirit just gave me this idea. He said, you know me and you have been working for a while. That's, um, I, have, I have something I would like to talk with you. He said, no problem, sell me. I said, sir, I got this. I now told him how the story went. And I said, now the man wants me to pay one million so that I can get the car and spread the balance over six months. Remember I told you yesterday, this thing happened the same way. When you have faith enough to pursue your dreams, God will raise people who will support that dream. The man heard that story and was really inspired. A car of 4 million, 4.2 million, and you have to pay 1 million to get the car. Everybody wants to help people achieve great things. So the man said, no problem. Can you imagine? We've not done the business. He just knows that when we start doing the business and I help him to do those bills of quantity, he's going to give me some money. So the man now says, send me your account number. Within 30 minutes, I send the account number. When I check my account, one million naira was in my account. The next day, I called that man. I said, hello, sir. Um, I have the money. Can I come? He said, why not? I went to Ikoi that day. I transferred one million naira to the man. I drove away the jeep from that. Now, listen very carefully. You might not need all the resources, but you need a title deed. A title deed from God. Let God speak to your heart that will drive your action. Has somebody been blessed today? Rise up on your feet. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning in on this episode. We hope you've been blessed and empowered to transcend new heights of faith and growth. Stay connected with us for more empowering and faith-filled messages. And remember, you are part of a community committed to transformation. Until next time, go forth empowered by God's grace.